What's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Along the Keel, a podcast dedicated to the brands that are being built outside. My name is Captain Zach, and in today's episode, I speak with James Merrill of Opolis Optics, a sunglass company based in California that is taking recycled plastics, recycled ocean plastics, that are a part of a chain of beach cleanups in Bali, Indonesia, and elsewhere around the world and along the coastline, and turning that particular plastic and turning it into a pair of brand new, beautiful, well-crafted, and sun-protecting sunglasses for you to enjoy and wear at the beach, where you most likely will find some trash and maybe some treasure. That was always a game when I played when I was a little kid was, you know, is it trash or is it treasure? If you find a a bucket, is that trash or is it treasure? Sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't. But it's cool to see that James and his team over there are taking trash and turning it into treasure, which is now called Opolis Optics. So with that, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the show. We talk everything from business to how Opolis Optics got started, what James' past career was, and I'll give you a hint, he got tomatoes on the shelf of a third world country. What, what is that exactly? That's why you should listen to this episode. And before I go, I just want to say, make sure to tune in till the end of the show where we will have some special announcements. And I preface this because my, my younger brother, he's like Zach. Every time I listen to the show and you say there's going to be some special announcements, there, there aren't any special announcements. And I go, well... Maybe that's a tactic for me to get you to listen to the end of the show, but maybe, just maybe, this time we will actually have a special announcement, and uh, you're going to have to wait and listen to the end of the show to figure it out. So with that, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the show, and I'm very excited to you to introduce James Merrill, the founder and creator of Opolis Optics. It's really cool to be able to talk to you having met you through someone else that's been on the show. You know, yeah, absolutely. so yeah. having having Nikki on the show and uh, her husband Taylor and talking about rugged seas, you know, I, I I didn't get to talk with Taylor, but I did get to talk with Nikki, and she's just such a cool, genuine person. So, how do you know her? How did that all come come to be? Yeah, actually, it's a funny story. Uh, Nikki, I've known Nikki since I was you know thirteen or fourteen years old. Oh, really? Uh, for, for, from being in Maine. Um, her actual, I, I believe, I don't want to misquote it because she'll get upset, but her, <laughs> her stepdad or, or a mom's boyfriend was my soccer coach. Oh, no way. Um, yeah. So, and she used to travel Small with world. the boys and we used to go to Canada and she used to keep kind of everybody in line. And, and that's kind of how we kind of met. Um, and then I ended up going to Chevrolet because, um, you know, Chevrolet is in, in Portland, Maine. Mm-hmm. She's based in Cape Elizabeth. I, I had a lot of friends from Cape uh, right. that she, she knew as well, including her husband. Oh, so it was like this small town reunion when we got on the phone the other day to talk about rugged, rugged seas and Opolis, you know, on a possible yeah. collaboration. And then it's when they said, uh, did Zach reach out to you? You know, you, he would totally be into like talking to you and, and learning about the company. So it was very serpentitious uh, <laughs> of, of, of that happening. So it, yeah. was, it was awesome. It's so funny how that kind of stuff works out and, and just all the people that I've met through the people I've met here on the show, you know, just, yeah. you know, this, this is a perfect example, but the, the podcast that'll be going out tonight is another prime example of that. You know, just a guy on Instagram messaged me. He's like, Hey Zach, you yeah. want to go fishing? Like I'm in Rhode Island. And I was like, sure, I got a boat. We can go fishing. And then, uh, you know, he, he fed me like three other, you know, guests that he knew. And I was like, mm-hmm man, this is just, it's pretty wild how it all comes together. And I'm sure that's kind of, you know, uh, a, you know, pays homage to where you are with Opolis, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you absolutely. can't go at this alone. And it's like this weird cycle of, of just meeting different people and the journey of it itself. So you grew up in Maine. That's how you knew Nikki. Yeah. Um, where did you go from there? Because, I mean, I'm assuming you probably went to school at some point and then you know, you went into doing your work overseas, which is, is very cool, very interesting. And, and just the, how it all flowed into where you are now with, you know, Opolis optics. So kind of take us back with like day, day one of where you're from and what'd you do yeah. growing up to get into this? It's, it's, know? it's an interesting journey, you know, uh, just a small town, you know, kid from Kennebunkport kind of making his way all over the world and, 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 and seeing where I am now. But 
Um, yeah, I, I ended up going to Chevres. Uh, you know, it's a Jesuit at, uh, uh, private school in, in Portland, Maine. It ended up mm-hmm. being a, a great, great place for me. Uh, met some incredible friends. Actually, two friends uh, are that I that I grew up with there and um, went to school with. They're a part of Opolis in one way or another. So mm-hmm. it's been a really great way to re- kind of reunite with with my main roots and right. kind of pulling out that creativity that you know yeah. kind of drew us together. Um, and then from uh, Chevers, I ended up going to a small liberal arts college in upstate New York uh, called St. Lawrence University, 2,300 okay. uh, person school, uh, very small, um, but perfect for me. It was, a, you know, an, an intimate sit, uh, setting in the Adirondacks and it, it gave me an opportunity to play soccer, lacrosse, uh, you know, uh, hang out in the mountains and, and really take advantage of the liberal arts experience. You yeah. Know? Um, <laughs> um, and actually I ended up becoming a religion major and, uh, oh, interesting. I think that plays homage to, you know, kind of my roots that, you know, my education at, at, uh, Chevres, you know, with the Jesuit education folk focusing on Catholicism and then kind of re- leading that curiosity, uh, into, into, uh, into college. Um, and it's funny, I, I was like, what, I mean, am I ever going to use this information? Right. Right. It's, 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 it was just incredible, but you know, you know, the world works in mysterious ways. And, um, I ended up, uh, you know, trying my hand at professional soccer going over in Australia and, and, and oh, interesting. after, after, after school, um, you know, it didn't work out the way that I wanted. And I came back to find that the, the economy was, you know, it was 2008, 2009, that the economy was really right. crashing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was like, I have a religion degree and I was trying to, you know, become a, a professional soccer player. What do I right. have to contribute to the world? <laughs> sure. <laughs> and, and so, um, I, you know, I was sitting at my parents' house in Maine and, you know, I was looking at like, okay, so where do you find jobs in, in, in um, you know, when the economy is crashing, you know, right. um, and the sort of depression. I was like, okay, well, let's look at the government. The government kind of has a bubble and, and, and they're always yeah. hiring. So uh, I ended up moving to Washington, D.C., uh, basically bumming around uh, couch surfing for about six, seven months mm-hmm. um, until uh, I was introduced to the, the world of international development. Um, and, and, and what does that what does that even mean? International development? That's a pretty big term. And, you know, yeah. some might think of it as something very different from what it actually is. So just what is that? So that's a good question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that. And to be honest, when I first heard about it, I didn't know what to expect. Um, mm. You know, I thought it had some affiliation with, you know, Habitat for Humanity, uh, Peace Corps. And, and, right. And, 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 it, and it does have similar uh, kind of uh, affiliations with that. But um, it, it, it was a for-profit company. Um, okay. And it was uh, essentially it can be, uh, be summed up as a contractor for the government. Hmm. Um, so what the, the, the government would do is for their humanitarian initiatives, humanitarian initiatives, they would hire, um, uh, the company that I was working for, for these, t- uh, these specific projects overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically the folks, uh, the government officials, uh, are, are typically, um, you know, uh, in the compound and have, uh, travel restrictions, uh, and they're pretty strict in terms of their mm-hmm. movements, uh, depending on where they are in the world. So they would use they would use our services to go over and basically be their eyes and ears on the ground and really? implement implement these projects for them. Huh. Um, so it was it was totally a, you know a symbiotic a great relationship that we had with the with the government folks that were in the, in the countries we were working in, um, but we were their eyes and ears. We were the ones working with the locals. We were the ones in the dirt. Um, really. And so that was um, that's kind of what drew me in anyway. Um, always considered working directly for the government but there's that there's that aspect that that's missing there that um kind of really made me happy to be a part of that aspect of international development right um so now do they why you know when they when you think of the government right there's a lot of times you get contracted i mean i've been contracted by the government for the jobs that i do and um you know a lot of that seems like because you know, the government can get kind of clunky at times, sure. right? And you have yeah. a private entity come in and they can kind of streamline things, be a little bit later on their feet, not as much yeah. paperwork. And I'm assuming that's very similar, especially from an international standpoint, right? 
Yeah, for, for absolutely. I mean, we still had to go through the necessary steps, you know, the procurement and the protocol. Uh, mm-hmm. It was still very much government regulated. But as you said, we, we did have a little bit more freedom um, than, than, the, than the folks that were directly uh, assigned to the, the government post. Right. Um, which was which was exactly what I wanted. And at like 23, 24, uh, yeah, my first assignment was to Bangladesh for about nine months. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of really learn you learn about the world very quickly at that yeah. point and 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 and, and actually see it in, in a different point of view. And it kind of right. just rocked my world and kind of just uh, it provided me this this natural high that I actually got, you know, surfing or, or playing soccer um you know yeah. it's it's just that that engagement with the, the possibility that things can get better and you can be a part of it right um so that was kind of my like leap into the deep end um i, I was actually working in finance for the company and they needed <laughs> someone to go to bangladesh yeah uh, to to help really build this 60 million dollar um, agricultural value chain project for really them. Yeah, and you know a lot of people have families and, and ties to to back home in the states. And I was a single young man and looking for an adventure, and that was kind of not, exactly right? what I needed. Yeah, so yeah. it was it was incredible. And and agricultural value change. You know, it, it, we were helping farmers basically cultivate um, a system where they could get their produce to the markets huh. right? and actually grow. The, the the commerce for them and their communities, which was an amazing thing to be a part of. I, right. I, I knew nothing about the the agriculture value chains and and what that could mean for a community um, and the country at large. And you know, it wasn't until I realized that my religion degree and because I had studied the Quran and mm-hmm. um, uh, Islam, you know, Bangladesh is one of the biggest uh, Muslim countries in the world, and it was like you know, kind of clicked. You know? Right. Um, I was like, okay, this is kind of why, you know, yeah. the universe is kind of works in mysterious right. ways, as I mentioned before, and and it, to really connect with the people at a different level, that was that was my gateway. I didn't speak uh, Bengali, um, and my you know my Arabic at that point wasn't very good. So, but I could speak to their language, and their language is who they are at their core. So there was right. an immediate connection that we had together. Uh, that really helped me be successful in, in working um, with these folks. You know, yeah. uh, a guy coming from the U.S., a young guy, doesn't know much about anything really, and mm-hmm. um, and they're expecting to like you know hear from me in terms of guidance on how to get this project rolling. It was it was very intimidating, right. but after you know working with them and seeing their points of views and hearing mine, that we were working on, on the same page from a hum- mm-hmm. humanitarian or human level which was amazing. And I think that's kind of like that brought me to the journey, you know, really into international development, um, right. you know, going from Bangladesh all over South Asia, South Asia, Central Asia, Southeast Asia, um, working with all different types of progress, uh, pro- projects from uh, cold storage to uh, biodiversity, endangered species. Um, wow. What, I mean, crap. trade. Um, yeah. and, and then radicalization, it, it was just incredible. And, and, and from there made my way into the middle East and then Africa and that's and pretty everywhere, wild in, everywhere in between. Yeah, it was, it was a wild journey and it's something that, you know, I, I'll, I'll never forget. And I'll always remember that, you know, those experiences and those people that, you know, I encountered along the way and, and I still talk to them. We still keep in touch. And, and it, it, again, you know, full kind of full circle, that's kind of inspired me to, to do what I'm doing now um, right. at a very micro uh, micro level, but hopefully sure. in, a, in a way that that can contrib- contribute in a meaningful way. You know? Yeah. Now, was there any experiences or people over there that kind of stick out to you? Because, you know, traveling around the world, creating these systems that are literally changing people's lives and changing mm-hmm communities i mean you don't even think about you know as an american you know you go to the grocery store you you pick up that gallon of milk off the shelf and you know it's cold and it has proper labels on it and it's pasteurized most likely and you know you don't really even think about it right Right. and you don't think about the journey you know (laughs) not even a little bit get that water bottle to that shelf right yeah right so for you you were literally creating that journey which is pretty incredible so i can imagine there's probably some stories or experiences that go along with that of like whew, man 
how is this milk going to get on the shelf in, you know, East Chapipi or, or wherever, yeah. you know, country you are, exactly. right? Yeah. Yeah. There was, um, I think it was one of my first experiences when, when we were trying to cultivate the supply chain for the tomatoes that we were working uh, on in, in, in Bangladesh. And uh, a lot of the motivation for these people to actually get to the market um, was, I think I met one woman and I forget her name, but um, she's always, she always comes up in my mind. Um, mm -hmm. She was, she was trying to actually, you know, she wants the motivation to get her, her tomatoes to the market was to buy a refrigerator and to get her daughter into college. Huh. You know, she knew nothing about, you know, what a supply chain was and w what it would take to get that tomato to the market. Right. But she was like, she was so motivated because she wanted that refrigerator and wanted to get her daughter to the, that, yeah. that she had this, this interesting, this genuine trust and um, just this open for education and um, willing to, to like to work with us. Right. And, and, and it was just this incredible thing. And it was actually through her, you know, it's through the locals that you validate what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It was her, she was our biggest advocate and she helped cultivate this community of farmers, these tomato fa farmers and farmers and mango farmers and everything to trust us and to figure out a, an, a, an effective and an efficient way to get their produce to the, to the larger community so that they could basically make their lives better. And, and it was, it was an incredible, it was an incredible experience. Um, and, and then you can go to the other extreme and, um, you know, I ended up supporting a lot of projects that were focusing on radicalization and, you can go to this. You can go through the supply chain of radicalization. It, it starts at the very. It starts at the like the family, right? It starts at the very beginning, and if you're able to cultivate a supply chain, a positive and healthy one, it just it can it can change people's lives. Um, so that's why when I was when I was coming up with Opolis, um, I was really I, I'm, I've I've made a point to really focus on that supply chain. Um, because that supply chain can it, it, it evolves into something bigger than than you initially ever thought, right? It, it involves more in, it, it, than just sunglasses. It evolves into to um, environmental education, and, uh, a, a clean, cleaning communities, giving jobs to local, you know, locals, in, uh, local individuals. So, um, I think that's kind of what inspired me to like really emphasize on that on that supply chain, um, and that's why I think you know. Things have been, you know, a little bit more difficult than I than I thought, especially during COVID, when I can't go to those those countries that we're working with, you know, uh, Indonesia and the Philippines and, and and Kenya. So that's what's been kind of difficult for sure, as is doing every, everything remotely because I'm such a hands-on guy. So, right, yeah. but I mean, what better person than you to be put in that position, right? I mean, here you are getting sure. dropped into, you know, it, arguably there were countries that some in 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 some cases that are they they literally have nothing, right? And they're right. they're starting from scratch, and you have to create that milk on the shelf mentality of I can sure. just go to the store and get this, and you know yeah. I think it's so cool that that lady you know, you put it so simply, which. It kind of made me giggle inside a little bit yeah. because it's like this lady just wants her tomatoes in the grocery store, which yeah, here right. in the U.S. is such a it, it's it's not even thought about. Right. Right. Like if yeah. if you are selling a pr produce, there's there's a recipe for what you have to do to get that produce to the you know, yeah. to the store. And, you know, I was actually I'm a you know, I help my friend out with his coffee company every once in a while. And okay. he, yeah. he came out with a product that needed cold storage and. You know, mm -hmm. trying to get that shelf space, which, you know, come to find out is very, very expensive and there's a big premium. There was a huge, you know, a, a huge uh, hurdle to get over with. We have a new product. We want to put it on the shelf. We want it, you know, it needs to be cold stored. We wanted to get out on the islands in Martha's Vineyard, Nantucket, um, yep. just because the demographics. And it was it was tough. Right. Yeah. Um, so I can only imagine with tomatoes trying to get to the market in Bangladesh. Uh, yeah, it's it. It would, my story is so, it would be, is just the minutia of what you went through. So, yeah, you know, but going, it's still your experience and it helps you give you perspective to, to the story that I'm conveying as well. Oh, so there, oh there for sure. Definitely this, There's this, definitely this a link. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But going back to, you know, you starting Opolis, which, yeah. you know, I kind of want you to give us a summary as to, you know, what we're getting into, right. For the listeners to understand. Sure. Um, yeah. but you know, what better person than you, right? I mean, trying yeah. to get ocean plastic, 
into a sun in, into a pair of glasses is yeah. is no easy feat and and to be yeah. able to trace that plastic but also connect communities with people is you know there's something to really you know be said about that challenge but also the mission that you're you're trying to pursue right yeah and it, it seems like such like a simple thing right it's you yeah. know there's there's sunglasses but right. you know uh but if you buy enough sunglasses the, you you, re, you reduce a, a lot of uh, plastic pollution. Um, yeah. I guess that's the summary of, of why we did this. But um, I, I had I had worked with another sunglasses company briefly, um, and um, while we were working um, in Indonesia, actually, I was I was uh, kind of noticing a lot of trends and patterns around sustainability, mm-hmm. and how the, that that was going to be the wave of the future for for a lot of e-commerce companies, but. For for me personally, um, I, 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 I was out there and I was like, if I can figure something out in a very simple, in a very simple way of mm-hmm. helping people, I feel like this is something that I can do on my own terms in my own way. Right. Um, so I decided to, to leave that, that, that company and they're still doing great. Um, but to really focus on, like I've said, the supply chain and, and, the, and the raw materials that are, that are put into the, the products. Sure. Um, so, you know, Opolis, it, it means uh, citizen or community in, in Greek. Uh, I really wanted to come up with a name that really cultivated that idea of, mm-hmm. of, of uh, uh, you know, a oneness, uh, a unifying term that kind of brought everybody together to, to, yeah. to help the environment. I think it does it beautifully, too. Really yeah, nice. thank yeah. you. It was, it was uh, <laughs> I think it took me longer, I think, to figure out the name than it did, did to, like, write the business narrative of everything. I was just It like, always seems to, right? <laughs> right, I know. I know. So once I had that, I was like, okay, I have the hook. I can really, I really can go with this. Right. Um, so I, so then I, I started thinking about or looking at other brands um, that are doing, um, uh, you know, ocean waste very well. So I, I've been kind of, I've been researching um, a lot of uh, other brands that are doing this quite well and mm-hmm. our good friends that got bag. They're doing an amazing job with their supply chain. Yeah. Super cool company. Similar things that we are um, with sunglasses. Um, and you know other other companies that are using ocean waste um, to, to really solve a problem here. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, Five hundred billion uh, plastic bottles will be being bought a day, and only nine percent of those are actually being recycled. That's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, it's absurd. Especially when you go into these cu- countries where these people are, are trying to get you know to their school or beaches and walking through mounds and mounds of trash and plastic. Right. You know, it's just and, and most of it's ours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of Coca-Cola had, we, bottles. There's a lot of Coca-Cola bottles, yeah. and and at this at some point, you know, we have to take re- responsibility for that. Yep. Um. So, you know, just thinking about that and and what where I've been, what I've done, and and learning from others, um, I really wanted to solve the issue of of the plastic bottles. Mm-hmm. Um. That that's kind of really what I focused on as an avid sur- surfer, um, outdoor enthusiast. This, this plastic bottle thing is driving me crazy. Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, so I wanted a way to actually use the whole bottle to make a mold of sunglasses and, mm-hmm. and make sunglasses that people actually want to wear. Right? right. Yeah. Because we are coming off. We are a premium eyewear company because mm-hmm. we do have a bioacetate uh, collection as well. That's kind okay. of an upper, upper tier uh, collection. But we want that 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 collection to basically help promote you know, the, the hundred recyclable, uh, collection as well. I sure. want them to, to kind of promote and help each other. Yeah. Um, but the PET, it, it's, it's the, it's the raw material that comes from plastic bottles. Once it's kind of grinded away. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really wanted to figure out a way to, to make sunglasses with, with PET. And as I'm fi- finding it's, it's very difficult and there's not a lot of companies out there for sunglasses that are, that are doing it. Um, right. I, I mean, they might be using a small percentage of PET to put mm-hmm. in, in, into the, the mixture of compounds that make the molds. But I really wanted to make sure that I was providing um, a, a transparent and um, honest uh, product that was made of the PET. Sure. And the reason why I wanted to focus on PET, there's already amazing infrastructures out there within these countries uh, that are already collecting mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, water bottles. And they're bringing them to these uh, these different uh, manufacturers to grind down. So, right. 
through my connections with what I was doing in, in my previous life, I, I contacted folks I knew um, in Indonesia and in, in the Philippines and mm -hmm. in, um, in Kenya. And I, I really wanted to, to figure out if there's a way that I could contribute on a very small level. And it, it, that's kind of where I wanted to work. Right. Um, so through my relationships and through the, the testing, we've, we found, we've located three manufacturers based in these communities in these three different countries that have what we call waste collectors. The mm -hmm. waste collectors basically are the beginning of the supply chain. Is they, they come in, they, they sort through the trash, they collect the, the plastic bottles, they're paid. Right. They bring to their, the, the facility, it's grinded, and then it's sent to our facilities over in Asia. From now, there, is this it's similar to like a a you know plastic bottle exchange here in the US, right? Like you go to the grocery store, five cents, you get the bottle. Somewhat similar, I'm assuming? Yeah, it's somewhat similar. Um, I think now because of PET is, is growing in popularity here in the West in, mm -hmm. in the United States is that it's becoming more valued. Yeah. Um, because, you know, PETs and plastic bottles and then to get technical with like um, detergent and shampoo bottles, it's HDPE. There's different right. type of plastics and the materials that make it. Mm -hmm. um, the HDPE is, is a lot easier to, to use in terms of uh, creating different products because there's more strength and durability there. Yep. The PET is a little bit more delicate, um, okay. but it's great for like fabric and everything like that. It, it's making the sunglasses that's been a little bit difficult for us. Huh. Um, but basically, we're getting we're we're paying these folks, um, you know, to go through this. They bring those to the manufacturer, and then the manufacturer grinds them down, and then we're paying, you know, obviously the folks that are grinding it down, right? And then to send it over to our our, our facilities to then um, start, you know, production. Yeah. So. Um, and again, we're doing it in in a way where we're trying to, you know watch our emissions co2 emissions sure, from be sustainable yeah, yeah i mean we want to be the whole the whole the whole concept here so right yeah. so now when you're designing these sunglasses you know a part of that is really telling the story of the community and the people and, and you know the story of plastic right and you know it's a story that i feel like a lot of people have become familiar with but yet there really hasn't been a solution to this problem Right? right. And by you creating sunglasses, you're, you're closing the gap in that, you know, uh, that you're, you're adding another link to the chain, but you're closing the chain. Right. right. So no longer are and not to say that we should keep producing more plastic bottles. Cause obviously at the end of the day, that would be the, the great thing to do. You know, if everyone yeah. uses sustainable, you know, uh, water bottle. Right. But, um, you know, how do, how do you go about designing, you know, not, in, not only the supply chain, but the actual glasses themselves in, in a way that you're actually telling the story behind the brand? Yeah, that's a really good question, Zach. Um, uh, so my creative director and I, uh, um, he's actually a Chevrolet alum back in Maine as well. Um, oh, no way. <laughs> and he's in San Francisco with his amazing family. Um, he and I are always on the phone, but basically we're going through, uh, I don't know, hundreds of sunglasses that we just like. We mm -hmm. like to wear, right? Um, and that we think people would like as well. Yeah. That uh, we we take those designs um, and then we kind of we cultivate our own our right. own vision for those. Um, and depending on what collection you go with, whether it's the bioacetate or the PET, mm -hmm. we we mark those as as such. So you know, um, our PT sunglasses will say you know either from the landfill or the, or the ocean. Yeah. Our, our acetate series will say you know it's it's bio based upcycled material. Hmm. Um, and a lot of the colors that we choose too, there's an a, there's an association with the elements of the earth as well. Oh, very cool. Um, so that's kind of. And once once we get going with our our different um, with our our, our, our our materials coming from these different countries, mm -hmm. we'll start we'll start branding those as you know from Africa or you know or from Indo or, or from, oh, from cool Africa. yeah I like that yeah so that people have some kind of connection and to know what the, what their money is, is actually supporting right right. Yeah. So if they buy a certain pair of sunglasses and it says Africa, you know, that's going to our, our group in, in, in Nairobi, Kenya. Yeah. So it, it, it again, it engages that uh, that kind of that, that, that connection, right? That it becomes yeah. more than just, you know, a fashion statement. It becomes like I'm involved with this company because, you know, yep. Um, yep. It, that it's, it's doing something and something well. Yeah. And, you know, more and more companies, I think, are realizing that people want that. 
You know, they, yeah. they need the story. They need the why behind, you know, you as, as the founder and as the creator, because no longer are you just going to find people going. I mean, obviously this happens, but more and more people aren't aimlessly going shopping online and buying random articles of clothing. Right. I think now, and even due to COVID right. Yeah. And, and to where we're going, I think yeah. more people want to focus on the quality of the item in the brand that they're, you know, being portrayed with, because essentially when you, when you align yourself with a brand, you're aligning them yourself with those values, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and we see that with brands like Nike, right? Right. When yeah. they make statements and other companies make statements, like all of a sudden there's like this weird, um, you know, alignment with that one company. So to have a positive brand like yourself that is doing something good for the environment, the ocean, the people, the communities, and really, you know, kind of saying, Hey, there's a better option than buying your yeah. typical sunglasses. You know, we, there's a story behind us. And, you know, one company comes to mind is, you know, uh, Tom's right. Tom's shoes. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my but, God. Yeah. You know, amazing. Very similar. Great company. Mm-hmm. Great story. Um, yeah. I don't know if you ever listened to the, the how I built this on NPR. Um, yeah, no, I, I haven't listened to, but I, I've, I've read a lot of articles on, yeah. on Tom's. Yeah, it's, a, it's just an incredible story. It's yeah. a great story. And even yeah. guys like, you know, uh, Yvonne Trafard, the owner yep. of um, Patagonia and the Patagonia, founder yeah. of pa- Patagonia, yeah. you know, he really came up with the model of, hey, I'm not going to buy something that's disposable, right? I'm not going to create something that is just meant to be worn for a couple of years and thrown away. No, it's I'm going to create something that can be worn for years and years to come. And if it does break down, I can fix it. Right. And we're going to use sustainable products and, and, you know, they have the whole fair trade side of things and it's yep. just a great company. And that's why people align themselves to Patagonia. So I feel like, you know, in, in a way you're kind of the Patagonia for the sunglass, you know, market. Well, I appreciate that. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I mean, I mean, Patagonia's business plan and Yvonne is just, they're incredible. We're actually part of the 1% for the planet. Oh, that's Yvonne, right. Yeah. Very cool. You know, created. So yeah, any affiliation with what they've done, I absolutely want to be a part of, but yeah, you, you bring up such a good point where, you know, right now, especially during COVID and the e-commerce kind of explosion, mm-hmm. a lot of the markets are, are saturated, right? There's a ton of sunglasses companies. Tons of there. them. Yep. And they're doing and they're doing great things, too. But as we as you mentioned, COVID has allowed allowed, you know, everyone just to kind of take a break. And people mm-hmm. are doing people are educated and actually doing more research on what sure. they're buying. Right. Because they have to be more selective because of who, who knows what's going on with their income. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, COVID has showed us, you know, with with everybody, you know, not driving and doing things outdoors that, you know, this has actually been great for the environment. Yeah. So they're actually becoming more environmentally conscious and mm-hmm. more into sustainability. So it, it kind of allows, you know, brands like mine to just tell that story, right? And and hopefully cultivate uh, something then that's bigger than than I ever imagined. And that's right. kind of where we want to go with that for sure. So I, I, I appreciate you, you, you acknowledging that um, and, and bringing that up. Yeah, I think it's super important, you know, and, you know, being in the, I call it the world of COVID, right? Who right. knows what's going to happen? And, yeah. you know, having that, that affiliation with a company that you can trust and, and stand behind, I think, you know, it goes back to, you know, have you heard of Simon Sinek? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the golden, yeah. the golden circle, right? His, yeah, his right. why, the who, yeah. what, and why yeah. it, it all kind of goes down to that. And everyone has their own why. And it's, mm-hmm. it's companies like you that are allowing people to align themselves with, you know, their why, right? right. By purchasing a product that's somewhat similar. So, you know, in well, creating, and, and, and yeah. And that why too, Zach, that's why you're talking to me too. Right. You know? Because yeah. you have, you have this uh, love for the ocean and, and, you know, and cleaning it up. And just like I'm, I'm learning about all these other brands and, and cultivating a connection with them because we all have the same mission. We all want to drive each other to do better things. Right. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But that, and that brings up a good point is like, you know, in, in, in a world where there, I felt as though it was more about building the build biggest building by tearing other buildings down, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. instead of just building the biggest building. Right. Yeah. And, and not to say that you should always, you know, strive to be the best in everything, but you know, strive to be the best without tearing other people's down, like Mm -hmm. just 
build up, yeah. build the community, right? And yeah. and create this community behind, you know, whether you're building buckets like uh, Joe Schneider from Huck Bucket, uh, who's, yeah. Yeah. who's, you know, had on the show, great guy, all made yeah. in the United States, super cool, mm-hmm. super important. And then, you know, the, the woman who makes these fish flags right here, yeah, you know, I love those. Tina. I've been looking at those yeah. through the whole show. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. pretty cool. The the um the one right here is actually a striped bass, which is a Rhode Island state fish. Oh right, um, okay. Yeah, Perfect. so you know, got to represent, right? Yeah, got <laughs> <gotta. laughs> to represent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just you know, I think it's super important for companies to, you know, align themselves with a mission, you know, and not just pump out crap and yeah. sell it on Amazon. And yep. It, it felt as though before COVID, it was kind of going in that direction. And now all of a sudden, we're kind of looking back and be like, all right, well, let's pump the brakes on this a little bit. Like, let's actually make a good product, a good brand that people can align themselves with. So, yeah, well, you know, it, it's it's almost like, you know, people, you know, the market is putting companies in check now. Yeah, yeah, like, big time. You know, like, wait a minute. Okay, so where where is this coming from? What is it doing? What is how is it going to impact you know the larger community or the smaller community? For sure. You know, you know if if it's dropped in the ocean or, or on the beach or in the landfill, what's that going to do to our environment? Like, right. People are 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 really questioning this stuff now, and and that's like the most important part of this whole process is that, you know, we mm-hmm. and, and we have we have an obligation. Um, yeah. you know, as, as, as people selling things to the market, to be honest and transparent, hundred percent, hundred percent agree. And, and, and it's, and it's, you know, things like social media that I think people give a lot of crap about right now, but yeah. you know, yeah. it, it's all what you choose to listen to. You know, sure. if you choose yeah. to listen to all the negativity on social media, then you're going to be negative, right? It's just yeah. how it works. Just like if you're a negative person and you go on social media and you say, ah, social media is bad. Well, yeah, it's cause you listen to negative crap all day right. versus, you know, listening to the good side of things and figuring out, you know, Hey man, there's a real problem with the mangroves down in Florida. You know, mm-hmm. I just watched a great mm-hmm. video, um, about, uh, the, the Florida Everglades, you know, yeah. and all the, the yeah. pollution that's been, you know, accumulating there because of the, you know, the, um, I think it's the sugar, the sugar plantations down in Florida and it's just mm-hmm. creating a big mess of the Everglades. So, but that's a very positive light that we're shedding on the Everglades saying, Hey, we have a problem. We need to solve yeah. this problem. And social yeah. media is allowing people to realize that, right? Because right. before right. they were just aimlessly looking at, you know, whatever that sugar was in and be like, ah, I'm going to buy it anyway. Well, you're buying the issue that's, you know, being associated with the Everglades right now. Right. right. So that, that kind of goes back to transparency and what you're doing is like, yeah. all right, well, I'm going to buy this plastic bottle knowing that I'm voting for that plastic bottle, not to use the word vote, right? I know it's very very political right now, but (laughs) essentially like you're voting with your wallet, you know, and it's it's super important. So to be able to put a vote towards, Hey, I'm going to clean the ocean instead of put more plastic in the ocean. I think that's super important. And for you, you're giving people that opportunity, right? For sure. Yeah. And and as you mentioned, sometimes uh, finding a place to start, no matter what you're you're trying to help with is, is sometimes the hardest part right mm-hmm. so if if opolis can facilitate a, a place where people can come to learn more about what this kind of movement can do sure for them and for the environment then that's that's a that's a success right for sure so, and and that's 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 all i really want to want to do right now and, and provide yeah and it's a super cool mission but i gotta ask like why yeah. why sunglasses like why not yeah, I've always or, or shoes, sure, you know, like, I know. Like why not something more simple, I guess. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, sun, sunglasses, I've always been into to sunglasses. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm a, a big uh, optic guy. I, I don't know why. I've always had a million pairs of sunglasses. <laughs> I've always I always had critique about it. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I also, it, it's a fashion statement. It pays homage to, you know, the, the old movies that I used to be into, you know, with the, the spy movies, James Bond, yeah, that's cool. Sean Connery, you know, yeah. we, we lost him. But like, you know, all the, just the, the really cool kind of styles people would come out and, and, mm-hmm. and, and in some way or another, it's a, it's a form of expression, right? Yeah. Um, and that's always been really important to me. Um, you, you, I don't know, I don't care if you're, you know, you're, you're working on Wall Street and have a beautiful suit on, but you can have a little edginess with, with the eyewear that you wear, yeah, you know, for sure. um, or vice versa. So yeah, and, and eyewear, after coming out of, you know, international development, I, I fell into the optic 
kind of uh, community, you know, working with that other company. And right. I, I was like, you know, I, I can make a difference with this just little this little eye, you know, eyepiece and, right. and, a, and a difference in a big way. Um, and my goal is, you know, to move to move beyond sunglasses as well, you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and, and bringing the PET process to the United States and, and other places. Um, I, I think that that's a really important part of all of this as well. Um, yeah. Is United States and other places in the West have a big plastic problem too, mm-hmm. right? It's not only these, you know, third world or uh, developing countries. It's 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 us here as well. Yeah. Um, not to mention the the jobs that it could create for people. Uh, Absolutely. That's, that's that's really important as well. Bringing things home. Um, I'd love to bring things home to to New England where I grew up, and then you know to the West Coast where I'm I'm finding a new home. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just sunglasses have this, has facilitated that for me. Yeah, so that's far. super cool. Yeah. Well, and as yeah. someone that. I mean, due to the nature of my job, like working on the water, you have to have sunglasses. Sure. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's like a tool. I, I I I buy them, you know, and I don't really, you know, I tend not to look at the price tag because I'm I'm like I just want the the best quality ones, you know. I right. just want something that fits my face good, you know. I, right. I tend to use, you know, I'm going to start using Opalus, but right now I've been using Costa. You know, it just <laughs> That's says, fine. As That's, you know, they're as, the best. Yeah, they're good. They're good brand. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I like what they stand for. They do a lot for the ocean. Um, so it, you know, having a good pair of sunglasses and for those that work on the water, it's super, super important. I mean, right. you know, I know guys that, you know, didn't wear good sunglasses and they actually have, you know, eye issues like their yeah, eyesight deteriorates and from, yeah. yeah uv yeah that's the whole thing and i'll put a plug in for opolis right now is that we're yeah. all we're all polarized uh lenses sold right? sold. so there you go so zach <laughs> you'll you'll have a couple pairs to get you through you know a couple of seasons uh i hope for a while yeah sold you sold me so on that note where you know with you launching Opalist right now, right? Yeah. You're in this point where you're launching the website tomorrow. You're right. kind of going through, you know, you've 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 figured out your supply chain. Yeah. What's the next step? Like, what are we looking at? You know, the next six months. Yeah. So, good question. So, right, right now, I'm in, I'm in production mode, right? Okay. Um, and um, I'm you know I'm still working out the kinks as we go along, as as one does to make mm-hmm. sure that what I'm getting to the market is something that I'm proud of um, and, and that people can, can be appreciative. Um, it, the PET is still going through its different phases. I'm working with different chemists from different universities to really, really fine tune that process to mm-hmm. make sure that that PET is, 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 is that uh, transparent and honest uh, recyclable uh, product that we are promising. Sure. Um, but that is, is, is going in a really good di- uh, direction. I, uh, we think we've kind of, figured out the special sauce as they say um mm-hmm. and are looking to get both collections our bioacetate and our um, pet collections out in, in january 2021 oh, just very because cool. the, the the nature of the the production it takes a while um, right you know uh, getting getting the supply chain you know from you know these these places and countries and then getting it to our manufacturer and then getting it to the u.s is, is a process yeah sure. i can imagine um but uh, um, yeah, like you said, our, our landing page and website goes up tomorrow. People can go on and, and sign on up to, for our newsletter. Um, oh, very cool! And and our we do have a pre-sale associated with a little survey that you have of what what sunglasses you'd like to buy. Mm-hmm. And we'll give you a discount, and then from there we'll just be really communicating through our newsletter and and um, and our socials, uh, you know, Twitter yeah. and, and Instagram and, and, and everything else, uh, not only to promote our brand, but we're gonna promote other brands, um, you know, especially the ones that you're gonna be connecting me to, Zach, that you've been on your show, because they've yeah. been just amazing brands just to learn about. Uh, working with, you know, Nikki and Taylor at Rugged Seas is, yep. is gonna be a, a beautiful thing to kind of bring that main connection full circle. Yeah. And, and to really go from there, um, it's, it's gonna, you know, the sharing is caring. And I think that's a really important thing right now for all of us, uh, yep. you know, given what's going on. So, yeah, it, it's always been, you know, this whole podcast has been really cool to be, a, you know, just see where the journey has gone and be able to meet so many cool people like yourself and, you know, folks like Nikki and Taylor and just to be a part of something that is like, we're all, we all have this one goal of, we want to 
be a part of each other's story and journey and sure. in a in a positive light so yeah. it's it's been very cool and you know to hear your story is and what you guys are doing is incredible so where can people find you right now if you know i, I know you mentioned the mm -hmm. website but what would be the best way to get in touch you know you have your instagram what's the handle for that that's um opolis underscore optics okay um and i think twitter our twitter feed is um opolis uh zero four Okay. That's our, for our Twitter account. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you, you can reach me. You can find me on LinkedIn, um, James Merrill. I'm, I'm, I'm there. Or um, uh, you can go to our, our website and you can find all the contact information there. Awesome. And, yeah. And, so you know, super easy. Yeah. Super yeah. Easy. Super awesome. Easy. Well, I I did this last podcast, but sure. I, I always prematurely, I prematurely asked this question of, you know, where, where to find you. And one question that I always like to ask, you know, I try to keep it more of a conversation, right? It's not mm -hmm. an interview. It's, it's just more free flowing. And, but the one question I do like to ask is, you know, where and who and what experience has kind of set you up to where you are today? Like what's one moment person experience that has kind of been like, Hmm, man, that's really where this brought me. Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I was actually thinking about that the other night, and and it, I think it was it was during a period um, when I was doing a lot of work for the government in um, in the Middle East and 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 in Asia, um, mm -hmm. and it was it was at a point where you know we were I was doing some gnarly things and um, kind of learning about that experience, reflecting about that experience, mm. and I won't go into detail because. You know, it is around the radicalization of, of, of violence and whatnot. But there was a point where, you know, what we were doing was it was amazing stuff. Um, but it was it was at a point where I, I, I felt I felt the red red tape of the government that was mm -hmm. preventing us to actually make the change. So I started to like try to reconfigure the way that I thought about success and working with these places and these people. And I was like, if I can, I will walk away from this experience if I've made one person that I've encountered's life a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Whether that's just being a friend or a person to listen to, or whether what we do, you know, within that supply chain, you know, is actually working, let that be the, the experience that I take away. Yeah. After collecting those experiences wherever I, I went, I was like, look. I want to, I can do this. I can, I can manage and I can create something that brings kind of joy and happiness to people experiencing some horrible things or, or just had a, a bad doubt in life. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it was, it was there that I, I was seeking, I was seeking for something to, to do on my own terms in my own way, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, my journey, you know, brought me to Nigeria. And then I got that call from my friend to help him launch his, his, his sunglasses company. Yeah. And I was like, and then that's kind of like where it clicked. I was like, okay, right. I can do sunglasses in a way to, to do exactly what I had thought about in Pakistan when yeah. I had that experience. Right. So that was kind of like the, you know, the, you know, you, you, yeah, uh, you, you, uh, uh what like the light this? bulb the light bulb right yeah exactly yep and so that's where i'm hoping to be and that's what i'm hoping to stay true to through mm -hmm. this process um and, and 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 something that i'm really i'm, I'm proud of if i if i can start doing that and, and yeah through this through this process yeah well that's super profound like and, yeah and, thanks and <laughs> really and really powerful because you know it, that is a career that i don't think probably the zero one percent can relate to right yeah it's it's super unique yeah. it's just yeah. and with that comes really unique perspectives on man everything you know because right. here in the u.s you just uh, you know as a civilian right you just kind of mm -hmm. go through life going to your job going to grocery store husband wife family girlfriend boyfriend what have you right yeah and you don't really think about those things but for you being over in the middle east and in these mm -hmm. third world countries and nations that need help yeah. you know, those thoughts were, were on the daily for you, right? Sure. You're like, how yeah. am I going to solve this problem? How are we going to make these people's lives better? Whereas right. here in the U S it's like, how am I going to go buy that milk? Right. Yeah. When, when yeah. I got to pump my gas, right. S yeah. Stuff like that. So yeah. for you to take those experiences and say, Hey, I want to make a difference and create sunglasses from ocean plastic. I mean, man, that's just mm -hmm. super profound and, and just props to you. Cause that's super cool. Yeah.
Exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Knock on wood that, you know, it's, it, it's a success. You, know, yeah. you never know until you, 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 uh, you experience that first sale of the product. But I'm, yep. I'm hoping that, you know, you know, connections with like, like along the keel and, and everyone else that has come out of the fold to like support me is, is going to pay off. And I, I really, truly believe that. Um, so I believe that people are an idiots when they don't want to be, you know, and and I feel like people, especially right now, as we were talking, need something um, to be positive about. Hundred so percent agree. I, I'm hoping that this can be something to add to the list. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, James, it was a real pleasure being able to talk with you today, and uh, you know, I can't wait to be able to, you know, fast forward six months or so in yeah, the future. Yeah, me too. Have this conversation <laughs> again. Yeah, um, I'd love to. Yeah, just stoked for what you got going on and uh, super excited. Awesome. Well, so. I appreciate it, Zach. And Keel, you know, is, is amazing. I, I hope that there's there's more to come and, and, and more podcasts out there that are going to start, you know, bringing up the issues that you're bringing. Yeah, well, I appreciate, so appreciate that. that. And definitely got some cool, cool episodes coming up and uh, some more cool people that are, you know, including yourself that'll, that'll be on the show. So thank you. Thanks for being on and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you guys for tuning in to yet another episode of Along the Keel. It is such an honor and true pleasure to be able to tell these stories. And guys like James are, you know, they're very inspiring. You know, a guy that is in his career and helping people figure out ways to distribute resources and in third world countries and people that don't have a lot. And for him to go over there and really pour his heart and soul into something like that is just a true profound way to you know take your steps through life so james it was a real pleasure to be able to talk with you and sit down for you know about an hour and just talk about your career where apple's Optics is going and i'm very excited to see the future of what opolis optics will look like so um, with that i do have a very special announcement and that announcement is in relation to our newsletter if you or someone you know is a writer or likes to write maybe you have an idea please email me zach at along the keel we're looking for outdoor based stories whether it be on this on the ocean out fishing um, out backpacking, if you got a cool backpacking story, uh, out exploring a national park, what have you. If you're someone that likes to explore the outdoors, then please contact me at zach.alongthekeel.com and I would love to get in touch with you to talk about writing and even trade you some stickers, some gear, some cool swag, if you will. And that's the next thing is we're going to be coming out with some gear very, very soon. If you want to get your sticker, all you got to do is leave a review, and that is it. Reviews are super important, right? They help us uh, rank a little bit better on iTunes and on Spotify. So the more times you follow or subscribe or leave a review or leave us a like and share and follow on Instagram, Facebook, what have you, the better we get. So I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you guys for sticking towards the end of the show to listen to me ramble on. And Noah, I hope that is a special enough uh, announcement for you. So with that, always remember to work hard, do good, be incredible, and have a great day. We will catch you on the next episode.